1: I'm Rod Serling. You're listening to the Zero Hour. Rest your eyes. Exercise your imagination. This week, Merwin Girard's Study of a Man a Dead man's tale. Starring George Maharis, Craig Stevens, and Charles McGraw in Elliot Lewis's production of *The Zero Hour*.
0: Mutual Broadcasting System presents The Zero Hour, sponsored in part
2: by Contact and the Ford Motor Company. This is The
3: Zero Hour on Mutual Radio. Carl
1: Brooks was a man in the wrong place at the wrong time. He arrived at a downtown hotel, per instructions, to pick up a locked attache case for his boss, district attorney, Lloyd Mercer, only to find an empty case and a dead man. Seen in the room and falsely accused, Carl Brooks, a man in a panic, chose to... Four years later, in a town far away, this same man, haunted by the past... And the lie his new life had become made still another choice to return and face whatever the charge, whatever the consequences. He returned to find all charges against him dropped. The case was history. But for Carl Brooks, the consequences were immense. His closest friend had been judged guilty and executed. The only man who could have saved him was absent from the trial. That man had run. That man was Carl Brooks. Our story, Dead Man's Tale, resumes after this message.
4: I love Tommy. You know, he's, well, no different than my own grandchildren, except he's never had much love and attention. When I first met him, he never talked, and everyone thought he was mute. I'm a foster grandparent to Tommy. (laughs) Not long ago, I began teaching him how to match up colors with words and objects. It just wasn't working, and I was getting frustrated. Then one day, he looked at an apple. He said, red. He said, red. I lit up inside, and I cried, (laughs) and I kissed him for loving me.
1: The Foster Grandparent Program has many volunteers over 60 years of age devoting themselves part-time, giving personal care and attention to children in institutions. The Foster Grandparent Program is one part of action. Action is doing something. There is something
3: you can do.
4: Get into action.
5: Yuga left me standing in the hotel lobby like I was nailed to the floor. Barry Wilson and I had been friends since, since before I could remember. We'd done everything together, school, baseball. I even introduced him to Ellen. Now, Barry was dead. Executed by the state for a crime he did not commit. And there was nothing I could do to bring him back. I had returned to my hometown for a purpose, to clear myself of any guilt. I never dreamt how terribly guilty I really was.
4: I understand, Carl. I understand how awful you must feel. But what can you do?
5: I'm not sure, Jenny. I I only know there's Ellen and her little girl. And they don't pay widows' benefits to the wife of a man convicted of a capital crime. I've got to do something for them I should have done four years ago. Prove Barry's innocence. It's the least I can do.
4: All right. But, Carl, you sound as if you feel guilty. I am. No, you're not. You didn't kill anybody.
5: Neither did Barry.
4: Oh, Carl, don't do this to yourself. What happened is unfair, and I'm not asking you to do nothing about righting a wrong, but...
5: Jenny, please, just give me a little time. I mean, what I said before still goes. This is something I have to do before we can have a decent life together.
4: Does that mean you want me to stay here in Coulter?
5: For now, yes. Do you understand why?
4: I'm trying to. All any of us can do is try. Goodbye, darling.
5: Goodbye, darling. I didn't know exactly how or where to start. From the beginning seemed like the logical place. I checked into the Delta Hotel, and then I arranged to meet Lloyd Mercer at the Skylight Lounge. Well,
3: Carl,
2: what's it going to be? Dinner or just a quick drink? I've canceled my reservation. Oh. I thought you had a young lady breathlessly awaiting your return. Well, uh, that was before I found out what happened to Barry Wilson. I hope you spare you that. Terribly unfortunate, unpleasant all around. But, but what's it got to do with your changing your plan? Barry was innocent. He had a jury trial, Carl. He was convicted. But who prosecuted the case? It was my job. Not a happy one under the circumstances. But I had no choice but to prosecute without fear or favor. Well... Did he
5: tell you I saw him at the Delta Hotel, that he was arriving five minutes after I found the body?
2: So he claimed. Well, it's true. Since we couldn't find you, I weighed the possibility that it might have been true. You didn't believe him?
4: It gave me pause.
2: But then I realized he could have come back to the hotel after killing Henley so that you could see him just arriving to be his alibi if he needed one. As matters developed, I'm certain that that was the case. But he
5: shouted to me as I was running for a taxi that that you had asked him to meet me there. Yes, he made
2: that allegation at the trial. Untrue, of course. Why would I do that? I don't know. All I I heard him say was that the chief sent him. Not much of an offense. I guess not.
5: Just one man's word against another. Don't be petty, Carl.
2: It doesn't suit you. Look, was there any hard evidence against Barry... He could let you have the transcript, if you like. But briefly, motive. He was rather deeply in debt. An opportunity? He obviously listened on the inner office intercom to my instructions to you about picking up the attache case from Henley. We both know they left the office considerably ahead of you. Yes, but but he was going home. I mean, Judge, you Barry, Naturally, he claimed that he'd never heard of Hindley, so we'll never know. Were there any fingerprints? Only yours and Hindley's. A murderer would have been more careful. Barry couldn't account for his movements just prior to or during the time of the murder. He had 500 in cash he couldn't explain, and then the bald-faced lie about my sending him to the hotel. Wasn't there anything else? It's all in the transcript, if, if you're that interested. But... Why are we we retrying the case now, Carl? Your Honor, I don't think Barry Wilson killed Robert Henley. Really.
5: Perhaps you should have been public defender, champion of the law. Look, I'm I'm serious, Judge. I mean, let's assume Barry did listen in. A fair assumption. Maybe he didn't go straight home. And
2: went instead to the Delta Hotel. Or he could have gone almost anywhere. Why not here, for a cocktail? Because he went straight to the Delta Hotel, room 515, and murdered Robert Henley. But why? Motive, Carl. Motive. The man needed money. No motive, Judge. I mean... It was documents I was sent
5: there for. There was never any mention of money. I suggest you read the transcript.
2: Look, was there any money? I-, I was never clear on that. None that was ever recovered, nor were the documents for that matter. Could have cost me the election. Barry was guilty. Take my word for it. You can go back to your new life with a clear conscience. It was good seeing you again, Carl. I see. Case Dismissed. Goodbye, Carl. I was just leaving.
5: Thanks for your time, Your Honor. Lloyd Mercer had offered little in the way of information about the trial. That was to be expected. Motive. That was the fatal flaw in the case for the prosecution. A man was murdered for something he was carrying in an attache case. Documents or money or both. And in four years, there had been no trace of either. Barry was railroaded. But by whom? And had that been the master plan from the beginning, more likely, Barry was merely a convenient second choice, a substitute for me.
1: Here comes a new car with a new young look for 74, Ford Torino, the solid mid-sized car. It's not just Torino's great new looks you'll like, the beautifully restyled grill, optional split bench seats, and luxurious interiors. More than that, there's Torino's smooth, steady ride, and the confident feeling it gives you on the road. Solid Torino 74, for looks, Comfort, confidence. Take a close look at Torino at your board dealers now. Riding down the road the in style, smooth and quiet by the mile. The folks, you
3: got a solid car. The solid
1: midsize Ford Torino for seventy-four. The closer you look, the better we look.
5: I had terribly mixed emotions about my next move. I had to talk to Ellen Wilson, Barry's widow. She had been Ellen Upshore when we'd first met, the prettiest girl in the whole junior class. We went together almost until graduation, quite the campus couple we were. Then one day, after a football game, I introduced her to the star halfback. That was Barry Wilson. They were married the week after commencement. Two years later, Katie. Katie was born. I took a taxi to the modest two bedroom track home the Wilsons had bought the year before Barry's execution. It was just as I remembered, only the lawn was now overgrown with weeds. Up close, I could see the paint was peeling, and one of the windows had been broken and been repaired with only cardboard and a tape. It wasn't the same. Nothing was.
4: I don't believe it. Hello, Ellen. What do you want here?
5: Can we talk?
4: Now? Four years later, you want to talk?
5: Ellen, it's important. May I come in? All right. Thank you.
4: I have nothing to say to you. You don't mind if I stand? I won't be long. Why, Carl? Why did you come back? Why now? Why ever? You're too late. Barry's dead.
5: I know. Hugo Brunel told me about it. I... I... I, I just didn't know.
4: You didn't know? The biggest, most sensational trial in the history of the state? And you say you didn't know?
3: Well, that's the truth.
4: <laughs> Keep your voice down. The baby's asleep. Katie? Yes, Katie? It wasn't time for another, damn you. She's really not a baby anymore. No,
5: she must be eight years old.
4: Yes. And her father's been dead half her life.
5: Don't you think I know that? Don't you know it's been eating up my insides just just to think about it? Ellen, I came back to prove I didn't kill that man. Didn't you? Well, if I had, would I have come back at all?
4: Barry didn't kill him, Carl. And he can't come back. I know. I I know. Now, go away. Leave us alone.
5: Not until I prove Barry was innocent.
4: What good would that do now? Look at me. Take a good look. These aren't laugh lines around my eyes. It's anguish. You want to go to school with Katie? She could show you to the class and tell them who you are. Ellen,
5: I'm not asking for forgiveness. I just want to know what really happened. I've got to start somewhere. Did... Did Barry say anything to you about money? Money? I mean, did he ever hear of a...
4: a... Money? You want to know about money? Wait right here. Let me show you something, mister. Go back to bed, honey. Mommy will be right in. Here. Here. Take a look at that.
5: Hmm. Cashier's check for a hundred dollars.
4: I get one every month, without fail. Who sends it? I don't know. And who makes deposits into my bank account? Every time my balance falls below fifty dollars, another fifty is deposited automatically and anonymously. Haven't you
1: tried to
5: find out?
4: Oh yes. At first, and got nowhere. Then I thought. What if asking too many questions should shut it off? How would I pay all the extras the little money I was earning didn't cover? Then I lost my job. Now it's two days' work here, an afternoon there. Nothing for weeks on end.
5: Ellen, this means that somebody... I mean, this is obviously conscience money.
4: Blood money. And who pays Dr. Irwin for me? Two operations in the past three years... Hospital bills, Katie's tonsils.
5: Ellen, I think there's a real chance that I can clear Barry's name.
4: You mean you can stir things up, get it all in the newspapers and on television again, ruin what little we have left.
5: But if I could force them to reopen the case...
4: And if they don't find the guilty party... I have to do something. Don't you think you've done enough? Leave it alone. Oh, Carl, I, I thought I knew you so well. I never really knew you at all. Go. Go back where you came from. Leave us alone.
3: Give your hand to a
1: friend. Give your heart to your love.
4: What give you cold? To contact the sooner
1: the better. Hey, I'm back. How's that cold?
4: Rotten. Get the contact?
1: Oh, I got everything. Contact, cold tablets, and this
4: liquid? Oh no. Honey, it's all cold medicine. Well, sure, but it only takes one contact for up to 12 hours, continuous relief from sneezing, drips, congestion. For that, I'd need six of your cold tablets.
1: Two every four hours.
4: Or three ounces of nighttime liquid. One every four hours. Or just one contact. The tiny dye pills do it.
1: Well, it's all cold medicine.
4: Those others contain antipyretic analgesics, the liquid, antitussive, and alcohol. They're not in contact.
1: Six or three or one. I choose the one contact.
4: Me too. And I'm the one with the cold. Contact the sooner the better. Six or three or
1: one. When you catch a cold, take contact. Only as directed.
5: Ellen was right, of course, about What would happen if I succeeded in bringing it all to public attention again? On the other hand, if I could gather information, get some answers of my own, and then come forward with the facts, I might accomplish a great deal for Ellen and Katie, at least in terms of security. But how much of it would be for her, and how much for myself, to soothe my own conscience? Three unsolved M's, money, motive, and murder. According to the learned judge, Barry was in debt That was something I hadn't known and didn't think it proper to ask Ellen about Gambling is illegal in the state, but everyone knows it goes on Appropriately disguised I took a taxi back to town to pay a visit to just such an establishment And an old acquaintance I had last seen at the Hotel Delta sprawled on the floor If anybody would know about money he would.
1: Well, there it is, just up ahead, uh, the one with all the lights flashing. Well, that's where I want to go. You sure? The Ferris wheel's the most expensive nice spot in town. I mean, there's better places to eat and a lot cheaper, too. (laughs) You see, I am not hungry. Uh I get it. Back room, huh? Yeah, you got it. Well, that's the luck, buddy. You'll need it back there. You'd be better off eating, if you know what I mean. I know what you
4: mean.
1: Keep it. Hey, thanks.
0: Evening, sir. Do you have a reservation?
5: I want to ride on the the merry-go-round.
2: Your name, sir? Uh, Wilson. A gentleman to ride the merry-go-round. Mr. Wilson. Uh, Barry Wilson.
3: Barry Wilson. Hmm? As you wish, sir. Down the hall.
0: This key opens the door on the right. Thank you. Always lemon, isn't it? You can do better at
5: craps or roulette. I'm not really a gambling man, Cyrus. oh, I thought you were. Can we talk in private? I also spotted
4: it.
0: Oh. You've changed your name,
5: I see. Yeah, several times. You don't seem surprised to see me. Oh, I've been expecting you. Mercer called you. Let's just say I heard that Carl Brooks was back in town. I figured you might drop in for a ginger ale. No, no, it would be watered down.
0: Still cute, huh, Brooks? Look, you got lucky once. I don't take kindly to people punching me out. My jaw was real tender for a while. Couldn't eat steak for a week. You know, uh, I could call in a few of my boys and have them
5: punch you out, or I could do it myself. What's stopping you? Maybe i will mellowed. Maybe you just as soon I left town quietly. Like I said, Brooks, you got lucky once. I don't push it. You mind if I sit down? No, oh, be my guest.
0: But don't get too comfortable. You'll be leaving
5: soon. You know, you sure have a nice place here, Farris. You must really rake it in. All right, cute guy. What's on your mind? Barry Wilson. What about him? I understand he used to ride the merry-go-round and couldn't pay for the tickets. Well, you can't collect from a dead man. I seem to recall you saying one time how you like to keep an eye on your investments. By the way, whatever happened to all the money... Good money? The 150000 Henley was killed for. Keep dreaming, Brooks. That was documents the stiff had on him. Do you have any idea who's sending Ellen Wilson $100 documents every month? I think it's about time you cashed in your chips, punk. A smart gambler quits when the odds are against him. You know, Ferris, if I didn't know you to be a, a solid citizen, I'd say that sounded like a threat. no, oh, no threat. A promise... Uh, Don't bother to get up. I can find my way out. Ferris was lying. Of that I was sure. There was money all right. The night of the murder, Ferris had been in the room the same time I was, but I didn't hear him come in. He could have killed Henley, stolen the money, and waited for me to arrive. Of course, a hired killer was a possibility. Joe Ferris was certainly not one to stick his own neck out, like I was doing. But what really puzzled me was the money Ellen was getting. I couldn't see Ferris giving money away for any reason, and Lloyd Mercer? Well, I was sure convinced he had no conscience at all. I had nothing to go on, but a hunch, and I needed help. I headed straight for the red and white neon lights of the Chronicle building. The heavy glass doors were locked. I could see a uniformed guard inside. Is something I can do for you? Uh, yes, is uh, Hugo Brownell working tonight? Yeah, but not here. He's out on the story somewhere. Well... Is there any way I can get in touch with him? I mean, it's very important.
1: I'll see him when he comes back. Mm.
5: Well, would you have him call me at the Delta Hotel? The name is Brooks. It doesn't matter how late. Just so he calls. Would you tell him that? Brooks Delta Hotel, right? Right. I took a sandwich meal me up to the room. ...at the hotel so I wouldn't miss Hugo's call. I ate slowly to make the time go faster. Then thoughts of Jenny swept over me like a veil of stardust... ...and I began to wonder if what I was doing was really worth it. Why was I compelled to be where I was, away from her? It was all so frustrating and becoming dangerous. Hugo had to have returned by now. I was pretty sure he had gotten the message... And I had gotten his. If it's help you want, count me out. Carl Brooks, you're on your own.
0: You are listening to Mutual's presentation of The Zero Hour.
4: Lots of people think that a ham is just a ham. (laughs) You got fresh, cured, cured and smoked. You got butt, shank, steak and canned. You got cooked, country picnic slices. You got canned perishable, which you do have to refrigerate, and canned non-perishable, which you don't have to refrigerate, unless you open the can. Then you have to refrigerate both. Now that sounds like a lot to remember, which it is. So forget it and just remember this. When you're buying ham, read the label. If the label says fully cooked, then you don't have to cook the ham, okay? But if the label does not say fully cooked, then please cook it. Uh, Not the label, the ham. The U.S. Department of Agriculture has more free information on ham. Just write ham, U.S. Department of Agriculture, Washington, D.C., 20250.
3: Here's a tip from your Better Business Bureau. A household move is always a difficult undertaking, but it can be particularly unpleasant during the summer. Pickups and deliveries are more likely to be delayed then because the demand on moving companies is at a peak. One way to minimize such problems and save a substantial amount of money, too, is to move yourself. However, there are a few things to think about before you go out and rent a truck or trailer. Are you and your helpers physically up to carrying your heaviest furniture in and out of houses? If you need a large trailer, is your car up to towing it? Rental trailers are cheaper than trucks, but less advisable for long hauls with heavy loads. You should also take into consideration the additional wear and tear on your car and allow for greatly reduced gas mileage. Unless a driver is accustomed to pulling a camp trailer, hauling a load of furniture may present problems, especially in parking. Sure, you want to save money, but be sure you know what it means to do it yourself. A consumer tip from your Better Business Bureau. Tomorrow at this time, rest your eyes and listen here
1: to this week's continuing study in suspense, Dead Man's Tale. I'm Rod Serling, and this is The Zero Hour. Today's episode brought to you in part by Contact and the Ford Motor Company. This is The Zero Hour on Mutual
3: Radio.
0: And once again, rest your eyes and listen here to The Zero Hour. This is the Mutual Radio Network.